15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Happy Monday. This is Malvo, exclamation point, because as Reverend Jesse Jackson said to me yesterday, he said, it's not an exclamation point, you're just extra. Uh, I'll take that. Um, you know, it. we talk about the left, we are the left, and we explore our the nuances of our lives and our goals and our um, our everything a lot. But we really don't look too much at the other folks. And there's a good reason for that. Um, but we should sometimes. I mean, I, I can't say that every now and then I watch Fox News. I have friends who do, though. Um, what, it's good to know what the other side is thinking and what they're up to, what they're doing, and all that. So, um, you know, this weekend, the CPAC, Conservative Political Action Committee, met. And they, um, you know, I was realizing how much fun I'd had the past several weeks because I hadn't had any, what's his name, that previous president. Hadn't had any of them, hadn't heard from him, none of that. Now, now he's back, like a bad virus. He's back. And um, he gave a, he did his usual thing at CPAP. And, okay, he did his usual thing at CPAP. But we need to talk about it a bit. So, as I said earlier, we usually talk about um, the left and what we're doing on the left and the nuances of the minimum wage and the legislation and all of that. But let's talk a little bit about the right. And I have a guest who has a new book out. It's called It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. It's a book I think I have to get. I think I stopped speaking to a couple of people. But it's worth it. How to talk to your right wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. And my guest is Egberto Willis. He's a political activist, author, political blogger, radio show host, business owner, software developer, web designer, and mechanical engineer in Kingwood, Texas. Okay, so it's like a jack of all trades. And from the, he also is a host of a Politics Done Right on Pacifica Network KPFT in Houston. So he is part of the family. Hey, Bertolt, are you with me? Yes, I'm with you. How are you doing this morning, Ms. Malvo? I am great, and you? I am doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on your show. But if you would allow me to say one thing before I start, uh, that station is such a great station. I just hope that those folks in D.C. realize the power that it has and the reason for it being there, and they really start supporting the station with the uh, the necessary monetary donations. Absolutely. You're part of the Pacifica family. You know all of our stations do this, uh, you know, three or four times a year because the, it's the contributions that make it happen. Absolutely. And so thank you. So. Thank you for, for chiming in with that. But let's talk, let's talk about you and your book and, more importantly, CPAC that happened this weekend and that man that showed back up in the world. Um, you know, he'd been, I, was, I didn't realize how 
happy I had been. Not to, <laughs> you know, not to have heard any, no sound bites on the news or anything, and now here we are again. Um, but let's start with your book, because I think it's, it, it, it may give all of us a needed perspective. How do we talk to our right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors? You know what is interesting? Um, what I think we have to start doing, Julian, is we have to start uh, listening. Uh, here's, here's the deal. As progressives, most of us uh, have that intrinsic feeling. We are correct because, you know, we are fact-based. We know what people want. We know what people are asking for. The other side, they don't care about that. When I'm, I'm talking about the leaders on the other side, they don't really care about that. They know that they can get to people through their uh, that carnal portion of their brain, that part of their brain that isn't very rational. You know, there are certain things all of us do as human beings that just isn't rational because it's that old carnal brain that we have that isn't society-based and all of that. Over time, we've created society. Now, the interesting thing about it is that requires certain kinds of rules and acceptance of facts and all of that. So what I've realized over time is that the right is great at working at that part of the brain. We are good at what we do, you know, fact-based, all that good stuff, but uh, we are not very good at speaking to people's hearts, that part of the mm. brain that people feel as their heart. And there's a, uh, and again, it's just the matter of how one's brain is wired. You know, some people are wired to, to really love facts. I'm an engineer by training. I really love facts. But other people are kind of poetic and otherwise, and they don't, you know, uh, they can grasp of these things. So what I've learned is if I first sit down and forget about all ideologies and all that sort of thing, if I sit down with them and have a cup of coffee, and I just listen, and I let them spew the things that they spew, and they they accept that I'm listening, etc. They don't necessarily start believing me immediately as far as the things that I'm saying and what's better for us or whatever. But the fact that I don't really challenge them to the core right away uh, seems to have a, a great effect on them. And then the other thing that we do is we ask them for what would they do in these different aspects of, of things. And when they give you one of those, let's say, right-wing solutions that you and I know makes absolutely no sense, we ask them further to build on their solution. And what I've noticed 90% of the times is eventually they evolve right into the things we always speak about. Hmm. So how do you convince a right-winger about the minimum wage? Say you've had this listening conversation, they've told you what they have to say. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's going it's to put people out of business. Uh, you need to have us, you know, you, we've all heard the arguments. How right. do you come back after they've said all that? I am so glad you asked about the minimum wage because I just did a video about that to place up on YouTube. And the idea is, again, uh, speaking to that right-wing bakery owner, right? And the, the idea is, um, there's one thing that I've used at, uh, at him right now. You know, all these bakers or whatever, they all have costs, right? They have a lot of different costs. And guess what? Labor isn't necessarily their largest cost. But if you have a baker, 
that baker is going to buy flour. That baker is going to buy oil. That baker is going to buy all these different products. And when they go to that, to Cisco or all these other companies that, that are the wholesaler for the products they buy, and those price increases of 2 or 3% per year occur, they don't get the option to say, I am not going to pay that. I go ahead and pay that because that's what it costs. Now, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the person that the wage, you know, we've been at 725 for 11 years now or so. If that had been risen 3% every year, it would have been X, X percent. So it means that you're buying less each time. So you're, I mean, if, as the years go by, your 725 buys a whole lot less. So you, you, you try to, uh, you, you, the, the right consider themselves more moral than the left. So what you then use is your piece to that portion of them as, as that, that, you know, that, that portions that talk to them, but only after listening to them talking about all the jobs that are going to be lost because of these increases. You map that. It, did, did this guy close his factory down because the flour went up? Or did he do it as a cost of business? When the oil went up, did he close his business? Why, when labor goes up, would he do the same? And you start getting to them at the, at, at that level. And, and again, it's not going to work with everybody because some people are inherently selfish. You know, they don't care. They, the, the person that they can most abuse, they will. But there are others that, you know, these people aren't, these people aren't all bad on the inside. You know, and that's what I tell a whole lot of folks when I do my show. It's like, let's don't first go from the premise that because they're on the right, they're evil. Go on the premise that because they're on the right, they're one of two things. And this one is going to sound condescending. I always say you don't, you, you, if you have an, a, an ill child, you don't, you, you know, you treat them differently. Hmm. Interesting. Well, let's talk CPAC. Did you watch any of that? Especially... I... That man's speech? I tell you, I couldn't take the speech. I started to watch it. Then I decided, you know what, I'm going to take the highlights of the speech. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, the, the, watching the speech, because it is nothing on the speech is reality-based. So talking about the speech is like, what am I listening to or for? What's the reason for me to listen to this? But I tell you what was concerning for me at CPAC. It's how it started. I watched the first day. I'm sorry, I did. I watched the first day of the speech. And unfortunately, I saw three black guys and one white guy on stage, and the person that was most attacking progressive values and the things that progressives stand for, all the things that gave those guys the opportunity to be on that stage, they were demeaning and not only that but uh the the fact that we had an insurrection where nobody hid going on to the capitol with a uh, confederate flag the fact that they didn't hide wearing t-shirts that were anti-semitic saying that enough jews were not killed the fact that all of that stuff was in perfect view and the excuse those black guys gave for an insurrection was that if the government doesn't uh, work right, that is what you get. I mean, uh, Julian, I couldn't 
believe what I was hearing. And, uh, you, you know, like when you're watching a sitcom that's kind of silly, but it is so silly that you can't believe it, you keep watching it anyway? Sounds like the Twilight Zone to me. <laughs> that is that is what happened. I mean, I, I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't understand uh, uh, how these guys could live with themselves because they're they're intelligent guys. They're very intelligent guys. So I don't know. So how do you 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 know you how do how do you talk to them? Um, you were in a room with one or two of them. What, what would you say to them? Okay, those guys are. Uh, what's the name of that woman? It's a black woman that that uh, Trump loves. She talks a lot on uh, Candace Owen. Okay. There's when it comes to Candace Owen and those three black guys that I'm talking about, there's no talking to them because they are not dumb or they are not misinformed. They are making a paycheck. Okay, uh, the most valuable asset on the right right now is a black or a Latino or an Asian person that is willing to come on that stage and diminish progressive values. So that's a big paycheck. If you want to give up your values and you're black, as long as we don't have a whole lot of them, but if you want to give up your values, you can easily get a job that will, and you will be well-funded. I mean, I've had offers as a progressive talk show host where, hey, we'd like you to post these things on your, on your website. Hey, would you like to be on the show? That sort of a thing. And it's, you know, it's hard to say no when they're dangling this in front of you. But if you really believe in your values, uh, you say no. But th- a lot of those people out there, they're doing it because they're well, well funded. How does a Candace Owen appear on the, uh, at the White House bringing, busting in black folks from all over to give, Trump the, uh, give people the impression that Trump uh, support values that support us all? Good point. You know, I had hoped to... Um talked to Dr. Christopher Betzler this morning. Uh, mm-hmm. We couldn't find him. He is a, w- w- I was on the hunt for what I call a reasonable Republican. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have friends who are reasonable Republicans. Michael Steele, yes. you know, mm-hmm. reasonable Republican. Um, but Brother Mester, I guess, had some kind of conflict. He had confirmed, but he didn't come. But I want, you know, there are reasonable black Republicans who are anti-Trump or pro their values. And I really want right. to kind of figure out how, you know, how they reconcile. I mean, one friend said to me, well, you know, I'm not, I'm leaving the Republican Party, but I'm not joining the Democratic Party. I'm a conservative. I'm a die-the-wool conservative, but I can't be a Republican if this is what we're, if this is what we have, if this is the best we have. And the little bit of CPAC that I looked at was nauseating. It was really yes. nauseating. I couldn't, I couldn't watch the whole um, speech. I just couldn't do it. I tried. I really did try in the interest of informed journalism. But <laughs> <laughs> it I was, mean, it, it was difficult. But, um, you know, I, 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 when they talk about, you know, I, I don't mind, you know, Colin Powell, okay, they, call, they all call themselves Republicans. I, I always try to discern, the, 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 differentiate between the Republican uh, name and the person's values. In other words, you can be associated with a party, but really uh, have values that all of all of us share, right? And b- because 
if you take a look at Colin Powell or a lot of these guys, and we went ahead and started talking about policies not related to social issues like, let's say, a woman's right to choose or, 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 or um, same-sex marriage and all that kind of stuff, I can almost guarantee you that even those, the same black Republicans that you're talking about are pretty much going to agree with you. You know, they're, they're going to, you know, when you lay, lay the case out, they're going to say, oh, in fact, when you see Mitt Romney supporting something called basic income, universal basic income, he doesn't want to call it that, but that is what he's starting to support. You know that we are actually convert, you, you know that, uh, practical, you, you eventually converge onto practical things. And, you know, and I think that is, for those of us willing to stick it out a bit and, and talk to the ones, what, what do you call them? Um, reasonable Republicans? Yep. <laughs> I, I think there's room there for us to uh, make a difference. And that's why I talk, um, uh, I talk to everybody, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I make sure to open the door to everybody. I don't, I don't compromise my values, but I talk to them. And the truth of the matter, every now and then they may have something to tell me that kind of enhance you know, some of the thought process, and I'm always willing to change a little bit of what I'm talking about to better, you know, to better get my my frame in. You know, I don't, none of us know it all, right? You know, that's a good point. And it, it is always interesting, from my perspective, to see, hear what the other side has, has to say, what they think, just so we know. But um, yes. at the same time, at the same time, there's some, it's, when you talk to some of these folks, it's like ramming your head up against a brick wall. I mean, I think <laughs> the biggest um, difference, if we're just talking about reasonableness, is the role of government. I think yes. that that's the, the issue is the role of government. Should government be more or less involved, and should tax dollars be paid for what or what not? But it seems that, at least for the past 20 years, maybe longer, um, well, and certainly under that man, the role of yes. government has been to redistribute income, to Upward. give it to yeah, yeah, to give it, take it from the poor or the moderate income, and you know, give it upwards in terms of these tax breaks and all of that. So, I you know, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that um, I you know uh, you know it's I called not having the minimum wage raised with inflation wage theft, right? That's that's a piece that I did. Uh, I, I think I made a convincing argument that what we've had over the last 11 years and, and previous to that when the minimum wage was left at one rate for a very long time was tantamount to wage theft. And I think... I think if we make the arguments in, in that form, you see, that, that is what Republicans are much better at with us. They go for the jugular. We go for the mind. And sometimes you have to go for the jugular when you're expressing these. Again, this is not when I'm doing one on, when I'm doing one on one conversations with people, I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm engaging them or with a group, I'm engaging them, et cetera. But when I'm doing a narrative, I really go for the jugular. And, and when we talk about, I, I, I think I gave a good argument as to why it is wage theft and that we should start describing uh, not raising the minimum wage as wage theft and another form of wealth transfer or income transfer to the top. Because it, in effect, uh, you are uh, that baker that you're working for uh, by paying, having minimum work, wage workers 
at the same level that they had for 10 years, that is almost a, 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 prof, a, a, a ever a yearly increase in profit for that, uh, that baker over that worker. And nobody really expresses it that way. And when it's done that way, I think you can actually make the case that it's waste. But as you were saying before, uh, what uh, this stuff about small government, big government, um, look, government is we the people, we the people. Corporations are we the stockholders. They are the ones who make the decisions. Uh, where is democracy really? The government. But what they've done a good job of doing is making the government that entity that's bad, which inherently says you are bad. Because if government is we the people and government is bad, that means we the people are bad. And then in they, they, at the same time, they're trying to say, oh, those masters who run the corporations, they're fine. When there's no democracy there because they do as they please. That is, that is a kind of reasoning that I think we have to try to get across. Sounds good, Egberto. Um, when you rely on the Internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X by gateway. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Last election, I... Um, after 20, from 2016 to 2018, I didn't talk to my brother. I love him, but I call him Don't Ask, Don't Tell. If you don't ask me anything about him, I'm not going to tell you. He's special. He has uh, four sisters, and he claims that's his problem. Is that he's surrounded by feminists, so he's forced to be the opposite. Um, and after he made a comment at Thanksgiving dinner about having supported 45, I just I said, you know, there's no talking to you. Um, there's really no talking to you. And um, so I didn't. But he is my brother, and I do love him, so eventually we got back together. Anyway, Egberto, are you still with me? Yes, I am. Good. How do I talk to my crazy brother? Uh, you just said the magic word. You just let him know you love him. My sister, my older sister, is also uh, like your brother. <laughs> So I have I've lived the same thing that you've lived, and 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 that's it. I, I there are certain things that uh, I I would ask her not to do just because she loves her brother. Like please don't go into church and follow those people that are maskless and those kinds of things. So I mean I've gone through that and you know uh, and, and used all kinds of techniques with her. And again, the thing about it is not trying to get them not to be Republican. It's, it's just trying to get them to be sensible. That's all. And, and 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 I don't want to sound. Some people say that sounds condescending, but I mean, when when you have five hundred thousand people dead because uh, we had to decide whether we want to wear masks or not, that tells you something about the ideology that is willing to kill people on the pretext under the pretext of freedom. Makes no sense, but you know, we we live that. You know, it, it's fascinating because. My brother's not a, I think he's an independent at best. 
he just mm-hmm. he used to own a, a contracting business and he went out of business um, a few years ago, uh, economic reasons. But he violently, violently opposed to the minimum wage, um, I mean, to the point of cursing and carrying on. Um, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing about the minimum wage, again, like I said, I, I think what happens is we, you know, I, I like to I like to take on the blame for a few things because, uh, you know, the way I, I, I judge success many times are, you know, those people who know to explain and and Republicans have been very successful in not 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 conning the majority of the people, but conning enough of the people and in a country where the electoral college rules. We have to do better, uh, you know. But um, there are certain things that I think I've learned from how they they operate with their people, and I think that we need to uh, learn ourselves. And that's what I've spoken a whole lot about in the, my book. It's worth it. How to talk to your right wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. And that you know, uh, every now and then, a little bit of humility doesn't hurt. And I I try to practice that. And I think many times that is that is you know that that goes a long way. You know, I do. Th- I think you have a really good point about the listening. I mean, if you say to someone, "Look, I want to hear what you have to say," I'm not going to interrupt you. We're not going to argue. I just want to hear what you have to say, and please tell me why you feel that way. You know, and just give them five or ten uninterrupted minutes. Uh, you might learn something. That and is again, magic. You might not. <laughs> yeah. That 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 is a magic. That is a magic. But you know, I've listened to you for years, actually, for decades. And, you know, uh, in, in all the appearances, that, it seemed to me like that's what you've done for quite some time yourself. Listen? Yeah, I've heard, I've seen yeah. you on shows before. Yeah, I do. I, well, I try to listen. I do, I do try to listen. Um, sometimes when they, when they wave uh, red meat in my face, <laughs> I, I bite. <laughs> well, you know what? Yes, you should. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying that being, being, you know, being reasonable doesn't mean that not letting somebody take advantage of you, and especially being a woman. Come on now, <laughs> you know. Exactly. You, have, you know, I mean, uh, a lot. Uh, it, too often, I think women just need to assert themselves more. It'd be surprising that, that they'll how quickly they find out that men are a lot more timid than they think. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Um, I'm going to ask my board operator to give me, uh, again, the call-in number. Well, we have two call-in numbers. One is to uh, to pledge. And to pledge, we need you to call 588-9739 or 800-222-9739. But if you just want to talk, please, please pledge. But if you just want to talk, board operator, help me out, please. Where, yes, it's two zero two five eight eight zero eight nine three two zero two five eight eight zero eight nine three is the call in number. So, if anybody wants to t- to ask Egberto or share with us, who do you have a hard time on the right talking to? Okay. Um, I'll let you know when we have callers. Okay. So anyway, uh, who do you have difficulty talking to, or who do you need some tips about talking to, or? Egberto um, says it's worth it. Tell me why it's worth it, Egberto, uh, to talk to our right wing. Yeah, let, let me tell you why I think it's worth it. Um, uh, it's and and it's it's. I, I'm going to first say electoral college, okay? Because fifty plus one 
does not give progressives a win. That is the most important thing. Uh, we could say uh, we know most of the Americans want the values that we expound. All right, most Americans want that. We know that because the polls say it. You know, we are at net roots, and Elizabeth Warren was out there, and Elizabeth Warren was uh, throwing out some numbers as far as what Americans are really asking and yearning for. So we are right on the values. The problem is America is not a democracy. When when uh, North Dakota and California has two senators, it means that they they have a bigger power. When uh, there's gerrymandering, it means they can gerrymander us out of existence, not existence, but minimize how our true weight. And so therefore, as progressives, it's not enough to say we are right and there are more of us. There has to be more than 50 plus one for us to be able to control the narrative. And that requires us talking to the other side and bringing them over, not to become Democrats, but to vote the way, to vote their own interests. You know, the, the electoral, lots of people want to change the Electoral College. Lots right. of folks believe that it, you know, it's, it's undemocratic. We say we're a democracy, but it's very undemocratic. But um, right. in whose interest is it to have an electrical, electrical, okay, electoral college. Whose interest is it, and why are we stuck, rigidly stuck, in this um, anti-democratic institution? It's See, I think the, the founders didn't believe in democracy. The founders, they if, didn't. if the founders believed, believed in democracy, they would have one person, one vote, period. Wow, you hit the nail on the head. You see... When everybody sings glory, glory, hallelujah, and the perfection of the founding fathers, I generally remind folks in, on the, to, to just read the Constitution. The Constitution is a capital document. The Constitution is a document to ensure that those that were enriched remain enriched and the others were peon or slaves. I mean, read, read the thing, you know. So, I mean, uh, people get upset when I say that, but I said the one great – I always say the one great thing – that the founding fathers did was to create an elastic clause in the constitution elastic clause meaning it can be amended right and uh, it's difficult and it used to be easier because people thought you know we didn't have the polarization that we had since the civil war but um but that is that's the only real good thing because if you think about all the good things that have happened for women all the good things that have happened for people who don't own property, all the good things that have happened for minorities occurred within the amendments, not outside of the, the amendments. So, I mean, I think, I, I think that's the only good thing. And, and as you said before, their interest was not in democracy, never. I mean, uh, and, and how does the Electoral College serve people now? It doesn't serve us. It serves corporations because if I am a corporation – Corporation. I invest in North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, and all these small states that have two senators. And then I just have to capture a few of the medium-sized states, and I can control the narrative with a very small amount of the population. Look, Biden won by 7 million votes, and Hillary Clinton lost by a, a, a larger amount than, than Biden won. Biden, with a, with a change of 44,000 votes. 44,000 votes. Biden would have won the popular vote with 7 million people and lost the election. That is what we're talking about. 
this this election was a landslide in a popular vote. It was a squeaker in the electoral college. If we as progressives didn't do the work that we had to go out there and do, we would have lost this election. So let's put this back in the context of CPAC. Yes. Um, we did the work. We won the election. Um, the margin between um, Biden and that man is 7 million votes. Right. The Electoral College, no matter how we ride it, that margin was about 70 votes. So it's a decisive right. win. But there, right. the lies are still being spread that they stole the, we stole the election, that um, you know, 45 really won, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. How do you explain the rabid, cult-like um, fealty to 45? Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We had to find a different way to put our passion to work. If you love your job and love what you do, every day goes on as you want it. I think how we look at art can be world-changing. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. Masks, distancing, and frequent cleaning are just the beginning. Learn more at Baltimore.org. Um, the first thing is uh, who they trust, right? I mean, if you have three networks, meaning the uh, Fox News, meaning the NN, I don't forget what the uh, the other two networks are, uh, but there are two other networks that these people follow. Uh, what Max, they've I done, think, yeah. yeah, what they've done is they've created an alternate network system. And what if you, if, if, look? If this this didn't happen. Trump didn't do this. Okay, a lot of people we blame Trump for just about everything, but this has been this has been a systematic adjustment of people's psyche. It was first, you know, and this was there's a thing called the Powell Manifesto. When the Powell Manifesto came out back in Judge White, he became Supreme Court Justice Lewis. When, when he came out with that in the 60s or whatever, he pointed out that progressives were, you know, we were gaining. In other words, people were getting more intelligent in this country. And people are going to wonder, why do we allow corporations to, uh, who, you know, why do we allow corporations to run the system? Why do we allow minority rule? You know, they were concerned about that. So they said they had to infiltrate the government. All right, they had to infiltrate government, churches, education, all these different fields. And that's why you see you got the, the Cato Center and you had the, the, uh, uh, the, all these think tanks, the, these conservative think tanks to create plausible realities. Now, they also, knew, they also knew they had to create a media. So Fox News was the media that they created. And in the process, they tried to make government the enemy. So as opposed to people saying we the people as government, they made government the enemy. Now that worked, 
and they started to do all the other pieces, created new media, all these different things that they did, which they were very successful at. And the, the worst thing about all of that is we sat back. We sat back because we just knew that people wouldn't believe that. And now we have a whole bunch of folk completely misled that we have to spend the time to, uh, I, I hate to say it, but to deprogram. First, by earning their trust to say, okay, let me at least see if what you're saying makes sense. You know, and it, it's a hard task, but it's something that I think we failed at. And, and we also failed at it because we had a lot of our own who bought, didn't buy the Kool-Aid. They were paid to take the Kool-Aid. It's called the neoliberals. I don't, I, I, I shouldn't have said that, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And as you say, you've you got the Candace Owens of the world who. Um, right. I don't know about that child. That's all I have to say. <laughs> She's very good at what she does, but what she does is lie. Um, yes. But she's very, she's a very, very skilled prevaricator. Very, very skilled. Um, yes. So, again, I mean, did you think, I mean, someone told me, actually my, my darling producer, Sue Goodwin, told me that she did actually watch a bunch of the speech, and she thought that, 45 was more tepidly received than he had been in the past. Did you get that sense? That, that's true, actually. And, and, and the numbers play out as well. 55%, the straw poll said 55% of those people would vote for him. So think about this. CPAC has the most rabid right-wing Republicans who attended. And if only 55% of them said they would vote for him. And we know no progressive is going to vote for him. And you also know that uh, the, 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 uh, the, the sensible Republicans that you talk about are not going to vote for him. Uh, he just has a cult, a cult that's loud, a cult that maybe a few million, but I don't really think he stands a chance of winning. Now, the, the, the biggest, the big thing is we have to be careful with the electoral college, but I don't think he stands a chance of winning. Uh, my biggest concern is really, um, the, the races that we don't really talk about a lot. And that is the the house races and the state races. You know, we didn't we came up real short on state races this time around because, and it's going to hurt us with redistricting. But you know, uh, again, uh, we are going to have to play a better game. Well, you know, it's going to hurt us also because uh, as we look at it, look at what we have right now—the one point nine trillion dollar relief with a fifty-fifty mm-hmm. Senate and a couple of weak Democrats. Mm-hmm. We have challenges. Um, I don't know if the, the bill is going to be able to pass. Certainly, the argument of taking the minimum wage out, to me, is specious. And Vice President Harris has the opportunity to overrule the parliamentarian or just ignore her. Right. I mean, the parliamentarian gives advice. You know, they give it, it doesn't mean you have to follow the advice. Um, but in any case, if, if Biden can't come good with the minimum wage... I think that in 22, Democrats will have a very hard time making a persuasive case of why. To vote Democrat. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, it was an extraordinary I, effort to get people out. Extraordinary. Um, I'm thinking about huge. people, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the, you know, especially black women's organizations, but African-American organizations that just 
turned out, um, going door to door, um, you know, buses, all of that. I think about Jim Clyburn, Congressman Clyburn, and the extraordinary effort they did in in South Carolina. And um, then you think about, you know, can can people really do that again? Dr. Melvo, I think you just hit the nail on the head. And I think that's why minimum wage is going to get passed. But I, I, let, let me ask you, let me ask you if, what you think about this, because I've been throwing this up in my head, right? We have cinema from Arizona and we have a mansion from West Virginia. Those are our two troubled senators. I, uh, they came out right away and they said they're not going to support the fil- losing the filibuster and also the minimum wage. Let me ask you something. For, do you think it's worth this? You're, you're, you're a professional. Let me, tell me if it's worth this. Given to the minimum wage, pass the bill, the 1.9 trillion without the minimum wage, with the promise that the next bill that has to be passed will have the minimum wage attached to it. Let's say a defense bill or one of those attached to it. And then, if there's a ruckus from the Republicans that say we are not going to support the 60-vote majority needed because it has a minimum wage, at that point, uh, we can show cinema and uh, – we gave cinema and, and, uh, and mansion a win, so we saved their face. And then go ahead and say, okay, now we saved your face with the minimum wage. Even your people want the minimum wage. Now save ours with the um, – passing it on a on a bill even if we have to kill the filibuster if you want to save face and not kill the filibuster for entirely kill it for the bill what's your thoughts on that i mean i think that's a tactic i think it's a tactic i do think that the schumer and and some of the other folks need to sit down with the cinema and um mansion and just really have a come to jesus with them i mean (laughs) the question i always wonder is do these Republicans, and West Virginia is one of the poorest states out there, do these people yes. represent poor people, hungry people, people who've been affected by this pandemic, or not? Because if they represent such people, these are the people who are clamoring for help, begging for help. How can you turn your back on your own constituencies? Uh, we have a few minutes left, and I want to go back to Egberto and thank him uh, for his um, patience with his, with us. And talk again about his book, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. I don't think I have any right-wing friends. I really don't. (laughs) I live in Texas, uh, Dr. Malvo, and uh, I have a whole lot of right-wing friends. And uh, I've even had some right blogs on my site because I wanted people to hear uh, what they had to say and comment and so forth. So I have a lot of... Uh, friends, but if I may take the liberty, folks, she has $185 more to raise. I know there's a DC person that can do that right now. Please. I know the feeling about having these shows. You know, we talked, you, you remember we talked about, um, getting the message out and why is it, why we are in the conditions that we are in right now. One of the issues is that too often, while the right rapidly support their their outlets, they rapidly support Fox News, they rapidly support ANN, all these things. And a lot of our folks, even though they have it, they don't support us so that we can do the job that you do best. So I would I would hope that by the end of our uh, your show, that you would get not only that 185 bucks that you'll make up for last week, because 
we all know who you are and we all know the work that you put in, uh, Dr. Malvoa, which, you know, I've been a fan for a very long time. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We do have just a couple more minutes, just a few more minutes uh, in, in the hour. And I want to um, actually look at, you wrote a piece for, I believe it was, um, hmm, Koss, Daily Koss. Daily Koss, yeah. About um, Liz Cheney and the the white men, basically, who oppose her. She is a, what I call a reasonable Republican. I don't think I would agree with her on hardly anything, but I certainly admired her courage when she decided to vote for impeachment. What say you about Liz Cheney? I think Liz Cheney is a true conservative. I disagree with all of her policies, but you cannot argue that she is a, a lowercase Democrat. In other words, she is not a fascist. She's not one who wants to overtake government. She's going to fight very hard for her position, but she's a real uh, lowercase d Democrat. When I hear that music, that means they're telling me to get off the air. Um, <laughs> Egberto Willis, political activist, author, blogger, radio show host, business owner, software developer, web designer, and mechanical engineer. It's been a delight to talk to you, and we'll do it again. His book is titled It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Thank you so much for being my guest. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.